I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. I'm going to wear a captain suit to the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is a chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Stephen Fonte, Paulie Sebelia with you up until 2 o'clock. John Wildhack on the show today at 12.30. Mike Glennon, former NC State quarterback. He's been breaking down film on the ACC quarterbacks. We'll get his thoughts on this matchup, not just with Garrett Schrader, but more so with what's going on with the Wolfpack. You think we, he's got the inside scoop? I doubt it. Like the, he's te- he's a quarterback from NC State, so he knows he texts with the current quarterback. I don't think there's any way we find out until at the earliest the teams take the field for warmups tomorrow. But we'll uh, we'll get his thoughts on Jack Chambers. Should it be Chambers and not Devin Leary? Uh, Mike Lennon, one fifteen, then one thirty. Our good friend John Ryan will get his best bets heading into the weekend. Plus, we'll take your phone calls throughout at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. And Paulie, there is excitement in the air in this town. I know, I can't believe it, and you know why, Steve? I just learned a new sport. <laughs> I'm going to lead this right now. We came in here, we turned the TV on, we just wanted to have the Yankees on, so so we could catch the playoffs and. Uh, there was a sport called pickleball on, and I had never seen it before. It's tennis for slow people or slower yeah, people. Yeah, it's like tennis and table. It's like ping pong, t- table tennis, real tennis. Unathletic people are allowed to one. Yeah, it was crazy. I'd never seen that. Okay, we, I'm had, sorry. We, we had a segment on Bridge Street a few weeks back. You should really watch Bridge Street. A lot of what we talk about in here, there's overlap with that show. But I had uh, never seen it. It looked now, like ping you're pong. Hooked. Now you're hooked. Yes. So um, we're not watching the playoffs today. I'm watching pickleball. It's uh, pickleball is sweeping the nation, and we will be sweeping the nation Hot on the show today. In town, bro. One o'clock today. We uh, we're gonna sweep the nation for uh, for tickets to tomorrow's game. We got what two tickets to give away? Syracuse, NC State tomorrow. Is that the deal? Yes. Coming up at one o'clock. Yes, the hottest ticket in town. Last time uh, tickets were this hot. Uh, Miami was coming to the dome. <laughs> it feels like. I mean, it feels like it. And you know, technically, that that Clemson game in 2019 was a sellout. Um, that sold out for a couple of reasons. It sold out because of the opponent. It sold out because of the year before, right? Now it wasn't so much that particular team. They were one and one. We all remember they lost to Maryland and, and lost on their chance for game day. But prior to that, you've got to go back to the late 90s when when there was a, a true sellout in the dome. And this isn't because of the opponent. This isn't because of any any other pomp and circumstance other than this team. This team right. is five and zero. Nobody's going to, go to see NC State, right? I mean, NC State's a good opponent. They're nationally ranked, and so no. there, there's some there's some allure to this. You know what? It also proves, Steve, all those blowhards that sit there and say, ah, "I'm never going to another game because of Coach Babers." Yeah, he. He's won five games, and you're all right back here yeah. in the dome, and it, it's well, awesome. It's, it is great to see, and you know we we talked about um, you know a couple weeks back, even leading into Wagner, we said you know all right, this team's going to be five and zero. Oh. You know, are they going to get forty thousand plus? Are they going to get forty five? And now we're talking sellout. Like that's that's the word being thrown around, and, and it sounds like 
uh, officials up on the SU campus are confident that this thing is going to be a true sellout come 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. Get there early. Especially if you win our tickets. See, I, I love that. I love traffic. Like, I don't love traffic on a regular basis. I love traffic on a game day because it means it's a big game and right. people are going. I don't mind it going in because I always beat it. I don't like it when it's time to leave. By the time we leave, it's like two hours after the game. I don't think you're still, you're not still hitting traffic at that point, are you? Sometimes. Basketball season, you're rolling out of there. It's a little I don't think stuffy. we're going to run into traffic tomorrow. But there is there is excitement in the I air am now. excited. You were at uh, Heritage the Hill last qu- night. I'm going to give everybody a, 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 a teaser, Steve. Okay. The question will be wolf-related. <laughs> so Just study about wolves. Yeah. yeah. Have your wolf, your nonsense wolf questions uh, ready. Okay. And if you've listened to the show ever, you know that you cannot study for this. This is one of those tests. This is one of those tests you cannot study for. You either know it or you don't. That's how Paulie rolls. Um, you were at Heritage Hill last night. What was the what was the vibe like there? It Steve, you want to know how great it is? That was the first time I think ever I went to a coach's show and I left thinking that that whole crowd was there to see Coach Babers. It was weird. Like they they came when it started and they left when it wasn't just people that were already there eating and Dino Babers right. just having to be right. talking. Right. No, they came and they clapped and they cheered them when it Is was over. Right? Yeah, it was it was fun. That's interesting. That's a good sign. It is. That is a good sign. Uh, what stood out to you from the show last night? Uh, basically, what we were talking about earlier, Steve. It was, uh, you know, what is this? You know, with there the chance of being two quarterbacks. How has that affected your practice? We've got to make sure, even if he doesn't start the game, he's one of those guys that has got enough moxie to come in and, and try to rally the troops late. So we've got to prepare for both of them. And, and whoever lines up back there, we're going to have to play him like he's full speed. You know, we had Gary Hahn on the show yesterday, voice of Wolfpack, uh, voice of the NC State Wolfpack, and I, I asked him if the offense changes if it's Chambers or Leary. And he said no. He said the offense is the offense. Now, that's not exactly what Dave Doran has said this week. Dave Doran has said, you know, when, when Devin Leary's out there, it's it's his offense. When Chambers is out there, it, it does run a little bit differently. He, they have different strengths and weaknesses as quarterbacks. So I think it's only natural that even if the offense, I, I realize they're not necessarily changing the offense, but there's a certain package of plays that I'm sure Jack Chambers feels comfortable with that maybe – you know, Devin Leary doesn't, or vice versa. So I, I think there are going to be certainly some differences if one's in over the other. And the SU defense, and these are not the same quarterback, right? They're not, you know, they're they're not the same. They're they're very much different in terms of how they go about it. And so the SU defense, I think, is going to have to approach it differently. Yeah, and I don't know about that because you know I'll, I'll play another cut from Coach Babers. He said. The run game is going to be the deciding factor no matter what. Yeah, it's going to be one of those games where uh, you got those guys hunkering down, stopping the run. Our guys will be hunkering down, stopping the run, and I'm sure play actions and HBOs and deep balls and all that stuff will be in there. But uh, the cake, not the icing, is being able to run the football or stop the run. And I guess what I'm saying is the emphasis becomes even more with Chambers yes. out there because you know that that's how they want to go. I mean, you, you saw it against Florida State, right? You, you saw how that whole thing operates with him running the show. It's rely on their really good defense, field position, pound the rock, and you know score that way, shorten the game. Um, and so I, I think the, you know, the, the priority is going to be stop the run either way, 
but we know Leary can beat you through the air. I'm not sure Chambers can. And so I, I do think the approach I, I do think the approach is, is a little bit different, even if they won't say it publicly, um, if it's one guy over the other, if Chambers is in instead of Leary. You know, the run game's gonna have to be good and he said he's he said that and he actually joked at the end of the at the end of the uh broadcast where he said we need last year's run game and this year's pass game yeah, both right. to win this game this yeah, year. You that know, makes sense. Because Syracuse kind of ran all over him, even though they didn't, but they didn't pass the ball at all. Right. Sixty some odd yards. And you can't pass. win like that. Yeah. You can't win like that. This year they do have the the threat of of being able to go through the air. Uh, what else stood out to you from the show last uh, night? Also talked about the game. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be razzle dazzle. It's going to be an old fashioned fight. I know Coach Dorn, and he knows me, and he we know what's going. We know what our teams are about to attempt to do. There's not going to be a whole bunch of forward type things going on. It's going to be uh, an old-fashioned football game. Now, with that being said, uh, I'm sure they're going to yeah. pull out all the stops. Whether that includes trick plays or not, I don't know. But this this is a really important game for both teams. But again, we approach it from the Syracuse perspective. And you look at what they've got on the line, Paulie. They've got a chance at Bowl eligibility, first and foremost. Uh, 6-0. and oh, I mean, there, there's only been, since World War II, there's been, what, three, well, two other 6-0 and oh teams, the national championship team in 59, and then the 87 team, this would be the, the next one. Yeah, here's Coach Babers on how rare of an opportunity that is. I've been on a lot of good teams, but to be this far deep in the season and have the opportunity to go half your schedule undefeated is really rare unless you're at certain places, I would imagine. Yeah, and it, it is here. I mean, it's it's rare. We're talking 59, we're talking 87, and potentially this year, and that's going back to World War II. I mean, that's that's a long time. I mean, you're talking, um, you know, the, the modern era of SU football. It's happened twice, and now tomorrow there's an opportunity for this to happen a, a third time and against a really good team. And you'd have bowl eligibility. It would be their first 3-0 and start in ACC play. Um, you know, conference play, first time 3-0 and since they joined the ACC. There's a lot on the line. So, yeah, they're going to pull out all the stops to to try and win this thing. And, you know, if they do, and I know it's a big if, and, and I'm not, you know, suggesting anybody looks ahead, but if they get this thing done, man, that sets up a monster matchup again next week against Clemson. That's a big game either way. Uh, but if you're talking 6-0 and Syracuse and, undefeated Clemson and Clemson's in the top five and Cuse is, you know, pushing on the top 10. They probably won't crack the top 10. A lot depends on what would happen in front of them. But you're talking about a top 15 team against the top five team. I mean, doesn't get any bigger than that. So big opportunity tomorrow. Syracuse going into the biggest game of the season so far off of bye week. And uh, here's how it went. We got back late Sunday which gave the coaches time to come in and make some final adjustments, adjustments before Sunday practice. Then we gave them off Monday again, and, uh, and then we got after it Tuesday, Wednesday. Obviously this morning we'll have a practice tomorrow, walkthroughs on Saturday before the game. Gave the guys a chance to go home for a few days, and uh, you know, as, as he said on Monday, a, a chance to, to get a few pats on the back and feel good about themselves and um, you know, he said on Monday, initially he didn't love where the bye week fell on the schedule, and we talked about this a little bit, but as it approached, um, it grew on him, the fact that, you know, the injuries were starting to mount up, they were 5-0, and it did seem like a good time to take a break, give themselves a little extra time to get ready for NC State, and as he, as he said, give his guys a little extra time to feel good about themselves. They should feel good about themselves being 5-0. and 
you know, I don't like to look ahead, Steve, but if they win this game, you know, I'm not saying playoffs out of the table, but a very, very special yeah. season is on, right. is, is possible. It, it opens the door to some really nice bowl opportunities. And and you're right. I mean, uh, playoff is uh, playoffs. Play, yeah. I mean, that's... You have to win the next one for that. Well, yeah, you got yeah. to win pretty much all of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's that's a lot to ask. And there's a big jump from what we've seen to, to going into this, you know, NC State and Clemson stretch. And now, when the expansion happens, this is a this is a really fun year. Yeah, right, right. You know, and when you eliminate divisions, yeah, it becomes a really fun year. As you said yesterday, you'd be looking at, you know, Syracuse right now. Even if they lost to Clemson, would still be considered the number two team again. That's assuming yeah. they get by NC State. They would be considered the number two team in the conference at that moment, even if they lost to Clemson and. Right now, they would you know you would need to win the Atlantic Division in order to get to the conference championship game. But you're right. This when they when there's expansion going into next year when they eliminate the divisions, bring on Alabama. This let's show. this stretch becomes uh, becomes a lot more interesting. I mean, it's interesting as it is, but yes, that's a that is a valid point. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a time out here. We'll open up the phone lines if you want to check in, give us your thoughts on this game tomorrow. 315-437-7644. John Wildhack coming your way at 1230. We're just getting started on a Friday edition of Orange Nation Steve. back after this on ESPN Steve, Radio. Steve. No, you got no. something else to say. What do you the got? The artist of the day. Oh, okay. Well, sneak it to you. Gotcha. What do you know got? your job. We are going to... Uh, sometimes you tell us in the beginning well, of the second sometimes segment. I'm in the mood. Sometimes you tell us the day before. Sometimes I'm in the mood to tease a little okay, bit. Okay, well, tease it, us. What, it, what it, and the artist of the day today is Cindy Lauper, and I told you this coming into the show. It's going to be the most shocking one we've done when it comes to where songs fell on the Billboard charts. Because you're going to be like, no way, that was not that high. Well, or you're going to be like, yeah, well, that is way lower than I thought it was going to be. All right, that's. Uh, I look forward to this, Cindy Lauper. No, you don't. You're lying. No, I, I do. I, okay. I like to learn things. Okay. I like to learn things, even if it's about music. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Nation, the artist of the day, Cindy Lauper, celebrating the release of her first album. I don't know what it's called, but it had a, a, a couple hits on it. Is that the title? Yeah, the Goonies are good enough. Number 10, 1985. Remember this video, Steve, with Captain Lou Albano? I do. Nikolai Volkov, the Iron Sheik, amongst others. I'm, I'm fact-checking you because you're like, I don't know what it's called. So I'm looking. It's uh. It's called She's So Unusual. She's So Unusual. And she was. So uh, this was from the movie Goonies. October 14th, 1983. So I got the date right, at least. Yes. Yeah, so it's Cindy Lauper. That one hit number 10. Is this going to be like a, a thing now on the show where you just, you, you don't take the extra... Th- 30 seconds to look something up and you just throw something I don't out know if you're in the audience. If you were in the audio t- or in the office today, I may have said my new favorite thing is to make Steve have to get invested into the artist of the day. So I only well, go half a- I only go half assed about it. So I- <laughs> you uh, it's, uh, you sucked me back Brian in had today. a funny line. It's it was Wynn's birthday out of uh, Earth Wind and Fire. So <laughs> Yeah, so now I'm making you get invested. I guess so. I uh, I fell for so, it again. So yeah, so she released some album on this day. 
I still just really like the idea of an album called I Forgot What It Was Called. I think that's a good marketing plan. So, oh. so it's a, you like Cindy Lauper? I, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this today. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, artists of the day, Jordan's going to be the artist of the day as we wrap up the show later. Also, does he have seven hits yet? Does Jordan have seven? No, he is not at the artist of the day level. But no. we should do a Jordan day though at some point when, when we he gets fire to him, seven. When we fire him, or if he, uh, if we have to uh, memorialize him, <laughs> we'll play seven of his songs. Which is more likely? <laughs> Oh, you're too valuable. You're not getting fired. They're both on the same plane. Me and Paul each I mean, he could he could take another job somewhere and then leave here, and then we would have to say goodbye to him. Walmart greeter. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good. Well, one. I, I was just saying be, there, there are other options than memorialize him or fire him. That's, that's gonna be I'm really saying. tough because then I'm gonna come to you and I'll be like, Steve, uh, you gotta keep this low key, but. I'm going to need a letter of recommendation for a job. And you you would you have You can't it. tell anybody. That guy that just said hi to me looks like the guy who sang Ice Tea songs <laughs> on uh, the radio a couple years back. Is that the Doomy guy? <laughs> oh, but yeah, I got a, got a little parody song. I'll give you all a hint as to what it is. Uh, do you know what the number one song is on the date of the last top 20 ranked matchup in the Dome? If you do, don't answer it. But that's the song I covered. All right. That was a Riddler uh, September comment. 5th, 1998. No, whatever no, the number one song on the billboards was on that day. Wait, that wasn't the so last you're going, time. So was... you're going back to top, top 20. 20. Yes. Not he's going, ranked, ba- he's going back 20. to top 20. Because Tennessee, the, Syracuse, 98. Okay. The SUBC game, right. there, it was not two top 20 teams. They were ranked in the top 25. So that's a technicality there, but yes. But I do uh, I do have a question for you guys. Sure. Yankees, they, their game got pushed to 107 today. You can hear that on TK99. Uh Speaking of which, I'll be out in two minutes. But I want to know, Steve, Paulie, and our friend Dan from Wildcat. We've got a 1-0 Yankees lead, and we've got two 1-1 series. I want you guys to rank each other on who should be most confident in their team to advance. The Dodgers? Uh, I know you can say that, but the Padres, they took the hits the first game, and then they bounced back, and now it goes to San Diego. Oh, man. I would say the... Yankees. Yeah, I I would too. And and again, they're. I think you got to pick the favorite here. The other two are one one. Uh, Yankees are are one zero, and you know obviously they haven't. You know they've they've held serve to this point. I know it's just one game, but I I think the answer has to be the Yankees because they've held serve. I tell you what though, confident in. I tell you what, I I I give the Padres. I would say that I'm least confident in the Padres because the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. But with that being said, I do think Paulie's Padres have a shot at this thing. I, I like the way that they fought back in game one. I yes. said it at the time. Even though they lost game one, I think the fact that that didn't turn into like a 10-1 route and they made it interesting and they got the tying run to the plate and they say, hey, we're, you know, and that was of all the starters, that was the one that you would expect to lose. Then they, you know, throw you Darvish in game two. They end up winning. Now they winning, go back home. You score a run in the first, the Dodgers come right back. It's like back and forth. And like you said, the Padres had that fight about them. Yeah. A lot of teams would have just rolled over. Yeah, I would say I'm most confident in the Yankees um, advancing. I would and, say of the in terms of the other two, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, so I would give them a better – but again, Braves are really good too. I think that, you know – if I had to pick it right now, I would pick I would pick the favorites just because they're they're the favorites for a reason. If I had to pick a World Series champ right now, I'd pick the Astros. Oh my gosh. Alvarez again. 
Man, he uh, right. He's getting to the point. I said that to Mario in the office yesterday. I said they're getting to the point where they might not be able to pitch to him. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to start asking people to call me Jordan Capozzi. That's a bad man right there. Yeah. Would you do that, Paulie? No. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> I was, I, I was, I was I waiting for the thank you. I idea. would not do that. You know what we got to do next? We got to invite a Dodger fan into the studio. Ooh. I'm not a fan. Ooh. We did you're, we you're, did tape this a little earlier. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I gave him a little grief. Syracuse's biggest Dodger fan, most famous Dodger fan, I guess I would say. I mean, they're really good. They are. Um, but I do give your uh, I do give your team a, a fighter's chance. I did not jump across the table at him. So, I what, was that on? The, was that a, a possibility? Yeah, because that, that. when he came in, he said, oh, "It's a good thing you sent me across." I, the... I know. I'm I'm glad you didn't go after him. That yeah. wouldn't have been good. Man, those I don't I'm, I don't I just like the Dodgers. That would have been a fireable offense, Paulie. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, I think that would be up there. <laughs> he he's like legitimately the one that signs off on me having a job that <laughs> right. one of the jobs I have. So yeah. Yeah. That would be a fireable offense. Uh, all right, so uh, so John Wildhack will join us. As Paulie mentioned, uh, we did record the the interview a little bit earlier. Uh, we'll hear from John Wildhack on the other side. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Orange Nation. We're rolling along on Cindy Lauper Day. This one hit number six in 1989. I drove all night. Remember this one? I do remember it. Not one of her more popular ones in my mind, but it made it all the way to number six. Yes, we're already at number six. How many number ones does she have? Two. Only two? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, as we mentioned before the break, earlier we caught up with John Wildhack. He came here to the studio this morning. We recorded the interview. We're going to play it back for you right now. Uh, we started him off talking about the attendance, that when Syracuse went to 5-0, and we were speculating about, hey, will there be 40,000? Will there be 45,000? They're talking about a sellout inside the Dome tomorrow. Here's John Wildhack. It's going to be awesome, and I think by 6, 7 o'clock today, we'll probably be sold out. We had a, less than 1,000 tickets as of this morning, so you know tickets are moving at a really good clip. So it's going to be awesome. I think the environment's going to be just uh, off the charts tomorrow, and I, it's going to impact, and it can impact the outcome of the game. There's no question. So it, it, this is an opportunity, right? I mean, it's an opportunity for a lot of things to become bowl eligible, to get to six and zero, to you know set up this uh, you know this showdown with Clemson next week. It would be the first time you know if Syracuse wins tomorrow, first time three and zero in conference play since they joined the ACC. A lot on the table here. With that, does there come a little extra pressure? You know, you've got all these extra people in the seats, and you know all of this is on the table. Is there, is there a little extra pressure going into this game tomorrow? I, I don't know. I don't think there's extra pressure. I, I look at it as opportunity. And we're five and zero, and NC State's really good. You guys know that. That defense is really, really good. I think those linebackers have been there like seven or eight years now. <laughs> it um, feels like it. And so it's to me, it's an opportunity, and we put ourselves in position, and we got the big stage and two ranked teams, and the, these are the type of games that you want to play in. And I think that it's interesting because this week the impact, uh, the, the attendance figures, the impact that's had what's resonated be the most is the impact it has on the players. 
I mean, I'm walking around the hallways and Matthew Bergeron on, on Tuesday is asking me, he's like, I hear ticket sales are really good. I said, Matthew, I think we can sell this out for you. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. You know, Josh Iola was the same way. Schrader, you know, Sean Tucker. So I think that that energizes the team. I think it energizes everybody around the program. What do you think has led to the fact that, you know, you go from the first several games, 35,000, 36,000, 37,000, and now we're talking about the possibility of a sellout. And I know, I know NC State's good, but it's not a Clemson or a Notre Dame. Are you a little surprised that you're on the verge of selling this thing out? Yeah, I am a little bit, to be, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was hoping we could get the 45, and I just, you know, it's awesome, just the reaction of the fans and the fan base. And, again, I think this team has given them something to believe in, and the environment's going to be great. The one thing we do, we'd encourage people come early tomorrow. All right. You know, Cuse on the quad opens at 1230. You can get food, drink. We got four screens in there. The early games will be on. You can hang out. We have activity for kids on the quad. The band's at Hendricks Chapel. So it's a great college, you know, pregame environment. So I think, you know, these, this is what you, this is what you aspire for, right? And it's great that we're doing it tomorrow. And now we got to get to a point. And it's not easy, but we got to get to a point where, okay, you know what, let's do this again. Let's do it again and again and again. We can be both a really good football and basketball program. How important is this for the university as, as a whole, John? You know, there aren't a lot, there hasn't been a lot of sellouts or big games like this. And, you know, every, not just the football team has got to put on a good performance, but everybody does because this is on TV and there's 45,000 people you want coming back. Next. Yeah, I think, Paul, I think it's, again, it's an opportunity. And, you know, the one thing, athletics, we've got a big megaphone, right? And we want to use that megaphone to promote our community. We want to use the megaphone to promote the university as well. So, you know, when you, when you have that platform, you want to take full advantage of it. You know, you, you look at this matchup and, uh, you know, I was, I was walking by the TV yesterday in my office. We had the ACC network on and they had, uh, they had a poll up and they said, who should be the coach of the year in the ACC? It was a fan poll. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Dino was leading the way. He like doubled the next closest coach on the list. Um, so yeah, the rest of the conference is watching as well. And, and I know this isn't just about Dino. I mean, you know, everybody shares in this, the coaching staff, the players. But, but Dino in particular, what do you like about the job that he's been doing this year? I just think, you know, he's, he's built a really good staff. You know, that's number one is, is in this sport, if you don't have a really good staff, you're not going to win, you know, to, to the extent that you can. So, the staff that he's built, um, the culture of the team, I think there's a really good culture of the team. I think the staff is really cohesive. And you know, the four new, guys, new assistants, they get a lot of the attention, and I get it. But the 10 really work really well together. So there's great camaraderie. Everybody's on the same page. There's a singular purpose, a singular focus. And I give Dino a lot of credit for establishing that identity and culture in our team. You know, we had Mike Monaco on the show yesterday. He's going to be calling the game for the ACC Network tomorrow. And he told us a story about Garrett Schrader. He said Garrett last year was getting ready to play Louisville and they were watching tape of the Louisville-Virginia game. And they were like, oh, you, you, don't, need, you don't need to watch that. It's, you know, don't, don't worry about watching the Virginia offense at all, you know. And he said, he's like, I watched the game anyway to prepare for the Louisville defense. And he said, you know, I came away with it like, man, that's a sick offense. And then sure enough, like a year later, he's running that offense. And so, you know, when the question comes up with Garrett Schrader, like what's different about this year? Like, yeah, he's better. Receivers are better. O-line's been good. But Robert and I has been a, has had a major impact no on that side no of the ball. No question. Robert and I, Jason Beck, they've done a great job. The offense that they've installed. 
um, Jason working with Garrett, you know, like he does, and they've they've got a track record. Let's face it, you know, of developing quarterbacks and a variety of quarterbacks, right? You know, they had they had Taysom Hill, right. you know, who was the dual threat. They've also had you know develop drop back you know, more classic pocket passers, so they're able to shape their offense around the skill and the in in the attributes of their quarterback. And a lot of times it's the other way, right? The coaches try to make the player conform. You know, they'll take the player in, in the best tools and assets and skills of the, that the player has and design the offense around them. That's a great point. You know, it's always come up. I've been doing what I do at Syracuse for 20-some-odd years now, and it comes up, can Syracuse keep guys like this? You know, are are they capable of getting assistants like this and keeping them? Can they compete with the big boys and keeping big-name assistant coaches? Yeah, I think I think we can. And, and again, there, there there's a limit to everything, right? And all right, do I have the resources you know, that Alabama football has? No, candidly. And am I going to? No. And, and I get it. But I think part of it is, you know what, we, we can we can be very, we'll be competitive when it comes to the marketplace. I think the other thing is the culture that you establish here. People want to work at a place where, you know what, they feel welcomed, they feel respected, they feel part of a team. So I think I think our culture can, can impact that as well. You know, talking about the resources earlier this week, it was announced that the Jones brothers, uh, Chandler and Arthur, uh, gave a, a, a seven-figure gift uh, to the university and, and specifically toward the Lally Athletic Complex. It's something you and I have talked about, uh, you know, quite a bit about making sure that former players are engaged and, and still involved with the program. And, you know, seven-figure gift, that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, how important is it for guys like Chandler and Arthur and you know, Carmelo Anthony back in the day, you know, right. to, to, to stay engaged with Syracuse University so that the current players and the future players can have the resources that they deserve and need moving forward. It's huge. It's, 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 it's immense. And Chandler and Art are just, they're great guys. And, you know, they're both young guys and to have young guys, you know, make that type of a commitment is, is phenomenal. Um, the reaction from some of their alums has been great. I think it's going to galvanize others. Let's step up. Let's get this building built. We need it. You know, that's that's part of the elements of building this program is we need this new football operations center. Combine that with the Dome, the Ensley Center, other things that we've done, we can be competitive. But they're great. And, and the fact that they grew up in upstate New York, right, came here, both have degrees, they have their, their degrees from here, both are Super Bowl champions, Pretty impactful. It certainly is, and 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 on that topic of connecting the past with the present, I know this is a big weekend as well, big football game. But you've got family members from Ernie Davis's family, Floyd Little's family, Jim Brown's family in town. They'll be honored tomorrow, and and just another added element to this special atmosphere. Absolutely, and it's you know the Ring of Honor, and they were three of the original inductees, and we debuted that in 2020. Obviously, couldn't do it publicly because of COVID, but now we are, and to have representatives of the three families back. And to honor them at halftime, I think will be really, really special. One more from me on the football game tomorrow. Just as you look at this matchup, we know the big storyline is, you know, is Devin Leary going to play? Is he not going to play? Is there a certain matchup that, that you're going to have your eye on tomorrow as, when it comes to this game? I just, I think uh, our offensive line has to play at a really high level. I think if our offensive line can, can play at a high level, um, that'll give us a great chance to win. All right, John, you leaked to us last week on the quad that you're a Dodgers fan. Uh, one one in the series. So what do you think the outcome will be of this series? I think I think the Dodgers will win, but it, this this could this could very well go the distance, Paulie. I'm hoping this turns into a bigger rivalry than it already is. 
can knock the Giants out of the Dodgers pot, Dodgers Giants rivalry. Knock that down a peg. Uh, Pod, Padres, they're they're for real. This this could very well go the distance. This could be kind of the bottom of the ninth type of thing. You know, game five. Uh, my heart can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both these games have been fun for, for, a, for a Yankee fan just on the outside looking in. Both yeah, these, been, both these games have been, been certainly a lot of fun to watch. Oh, yeah, the Midnight Madness. Yeah, we should on. touch on that. Before yeah, we, Orange before Madness, 7 o'clock uh, tonight. So you can come see, get a sneak preview, both the uh, men's team and the women's team. Be really, you know, really fun evening of activities, but you get them. You get them to see, you know, run up and down the court and some three-point shooting contests and some slam dunk contests or what have you. And I think both these teams are going to be really exciting to watch. I, I was saying this the other day that uh, there is a – it's a great time to to be involved with Syracuse University because there, so many of these teams are good, right? I mean, you've got all these fall sports teams nationally ranked, men's soccer and men's and women's cross country and field hockey and football, obviously, and basketball season starting up. We were talking to Gary Gate yesterday. He's got this top-ranked recruiting class and Joey Spelina, the number 22. And I mean, when you look at fall, winter, and spring, I mean, it's there's a lot to be excited about when it comes to SU athletics. Well, it is funny. You know, men's soccer is number five in the country, yeah. right? To your yeah. point, Steve, you know, field hockey, we play number one. We're at number one North Carolina today, both cross countries in the top 15. So, you know, there's a lot of things and it's a credit. It's really, it's a credit to all those teams and the support staffs around those teams. So it's strength and conditioning, it's sports medicine, academic support, communications, nutrition. It's, it's, you know, it's an entire unit working as one. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, it's uh, it's an exciting time. Continued success. Uh, keep Thanks, it up. Steve. Good luck tomorrow, and I'll, I'll see you on the quad tomorrow afternoon. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Thanks, Paul. Go Orange. All right. There's John Wildhack, and with that, we'll take a timeout. Phone lines open, 315-437-7644. We are back after this on ESPN Radio.